A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me, who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord The Gospel of John has no infancy narratives. The first time we see Jesus in the fourth Gospel is as an adult striding towards us. John the Baptist testifies that he saw the Spirit resting on Jesus when he came out of the water and realized that this man must be both the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and also the Son of God. The Son of God was a royal title, and in First Temple theology, the one who bears the sin of the world at the Day of Atonement was the royal high priest. In the original Aramaic text of the Gospel, the word for child could also be servant or lamb. Aramaic speakers of the earliest church would have heard child of God or son of God or servant of God or lamb of God. In the first reading from the prophet Isaiah, we meet the servant of God, who is later described as the one who bore the guilt of others and was led like a lamb to the slaughter. John's gospel has a particular interest in the Passover. Jesus makes three Passover visits to Jerusalem, while in the other gospels there is only a single journey to Jerusalem. In John's gospel, Jesus, the Lamb of God, dies on the cross at the moment that the priests of the temple began slaughtering the paschal lambs. On the cross, Jesus said, I thirst. The soldiers put a sponge full of wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. The Israelites used a hyssop branch to smear the blood of the paschal lamb on their doorposts the night before the exodus. How does the Lamb of God take away the sin of the world? Notice that he is the Lamb of God. God so loved the world in this way that he gave his only Son. And the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Sin is singular, not plural.
On the cross, Jesus identifies with the human problem, the sin, the darkness. He refuses to stand above or outside the human dilemma. For most of human history, when the conflict in groups or societies becomes too great, the tension is resolved when we find someone else to blame. Rather than face our own sins, we project our sins onto the other. This scapegoat is then driven out. This fundamental human behavior is the sin of the world. In choosing to become the scapegoat, our sacrificial lamb, Jesus takes away the sin of the world by dramatically exposing the real sin of the world. By refusing the usual pattern of revenge, and by teaching us that we can follow him in doing the same. In her book, God in Pain, Barbara Brown Taylor writes, Christianity is the only world religion that confesses a God who suffers. By entering into the experience of the cross, God took the human-made wreckage of the world inside himself and labored with it, a long labor, almost three days. And he did not let go of it until he could transform it and return it to us as life. That is the power of a suffering God, not to prevent pain, but to redeem it by going through it with us. Jesus replaced the myth of redemptive violence with the truth of redemptive suffering. He showed us on the cross how to hold the pain and let it transform us rather than pass it on to others around us. Jesus takes in hatred, holds it, transforms it, and gives back love. Jesus takes in bitterness, holds it, transforms it, and gives back graciousness. Jesus takes in curses, holds them, transforms them, and gives back blessing. Jesus takes in fear, holds it, transforms it, and gives back freedom. And Jesus takes in Satan and murder, holds them, transforms them, and gives back only God and forgiveness. Jesus embodies a way of life that frees people from all sinfulness that holds them bound. He shares with his disciples the power to live this manner of life when he appears to them after the resurrection. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And then he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain any, they are retained. Just as John predicts in today's Gospel, Jesus baptizes his followers with the Holy Spirit, enabling us to live as he did. We catch a glimpse of what this looks like in the spiritual transformation of Nelson Mandela that took place 
in the desert of his 27 years in prison. At the end of his autobiography, Long Walk to Freedom, Nelson Mandela wrote, It was this desire for the freedom of my people to live their lives with dignity and self-respect that animated my life, that transformed a frightened young man into a bold one, that drove a law-abiding attorney to become a criminal, that turned a family-loving husband into a man without a home. During his long and lonely years in prison, his passion for the liberation of his people expanded, becoming a hunger for the freedom of all people, white and black. Mandela came to see that the oppressor must be liberated just as surely as the oppressed. A person who dehumanizes another is a prisoner of hatred and is locked behind the bars of prejudice and narrow-mindedness. When Mandela walked out of prison and later assumed the presidency of South Africa, he maintained his conviction that his mission was to liberate the oppressed and the oppressor both. We are indeed saved by the cross more than we realize. The people who hold the contradictions and resolve them in themselves are the saviors of the world. They are agents of transformation, reconciliation, and newness.